1: at LuckyLandSlots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: When you're living in a town run by an emotional meteorologist that can determine the weather at any point... You know your house needs to be prepared for anything. That's why this week's sponsor of the Bloom Files are our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. The truth is out there. In here, who knows? But either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps, and X-Files first watch slash rewatch podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here. If you look out your window, you see rain, snow, some form of precipitation. <laughs> you know the Bloom Files is here. I am, of course, welcoming the woman who brings me more joy in my life than a rainstorm on a hot Kansas day, my lovely wife, Angela Bloom.
1: Hi. Here I am. Here you are. We had a
2: we've had a week.
1: Um, we have had a week. We've had a crazy week. Update yeah, we, on the blooms. So. Yeah.
2: We went when we went on our first family vacation. <laughs>
1: and it was a nightmare. Not a
2: nightmare. <laughs> no, it
1: was not ideal though. We went down to the Jersey Shore. We also live in New Jersey, so it really was not that far. No. It was two and a half hours in a car with a baby. And by baby I mean two year old. And he did not adjust to the Airbnb situation that we shared with my parents.
2: Not initially. We've had we had a real weird night. <laughs>
1: yeah. Many trips to Walmart at 6 a.m. to buy supplies. As you to- do.
2: That's parenting. Uh, so. yes. Well, well, not as strange as the next file. Certainly no ghosts in our Airbnb. We did yeah, we
1: did not find any bodies buried underneath the floorboards, thankfully. And
2: luckily they weren't our bodies. They either. weren't our
1: bodies. Um, but yeah, no we are sleepy beepies over here. Sleepy
2: beepies and uh, I got to say definitely Maybe in retrospect, wishing for some cleansing,
1: cooling rain this past week. As yeah, well, it was hot, like, too. Hot. It was hot. It made a lot of the stuff we were trying to do pretty tough. But um, I think you're also wishing for some christmas
2: i do and this episode really got me into christmas which is weird because the episode wasn't very christmasy it was actually pretty dark and demented
1: yeah also just for everyone listening i'm sure this has been brought up on podcasts before but mike bloom is a christmas aholic. holic
2: yeah i love i love that christmas a he told me about like it down three
1: weeks ago that we're in the home stretch of the year because it includes his birthday in august halloween in october mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. And then the penultimate Christmas followed by, I guess penultimate would be, wouldn't that be Thanksgiving? And then, yeah, because yeah, you don't really like New Year's. So penultimate Thanksgiving and then the finale of Christmas.
2: I mean, where's the lie?
1: I'm I, just saying. It was just a lot to take it's in a, in a, the middle a, of a summer. It's into home. I said, can we just live in the moment of this nice, warm, non-snow environment? Non-snow? No, not Jon Snow. But yeah, for everyone listening, I hate winter. Love Christmas.
2: Speaking of dead people and Jon Snow. You're such a
1: good Jew loving Christmas so much.
2: uh, It's it's a cultural holiday more than anything, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: we're not religious, so. So let's get into how the
2: ghost stole Christmas. Speaking of uh, non-religious, more psychological than religious, this episode is. Yeah, This is interesting. And you talked to me about this because I asked you while we were watching it. Because the X-Files hasn't really dealt with, at least from what we've seen, a lot of, like, ghost, spiritual, no, poltergeisty things.
1: There are poltergeists. There's an episode in Season 1 about poltergeists. So okay. So that's, yes. And then there's demons that are, like, uh there's the one that we didn't watch that's um the Orthodox... Oh, no, the, I forget. What is it? It's the one where they somebody gets possessed mm-hmm.
2: I mean, and, a the, demon. and like the Chinga doll thing, right? There's some, the jury might be out as yeah, to whether or yeah, not but this is like there. more of
1: like a, ooh, spoopy ghost story.
2: Yeah, this is definitely more of the, hey, here's a haunted house, we're gonna spend the night in it, which is also, I think, a fun X-Files way to do a Christmas episode, right? It's like, yeah, this is the typical episode that every sitcom does, but we're doing it a little yeah. bit differently. And like we mentioned last week, I think compared to the previous year's Christmas episodes, which was around Scully's daughter.
1: And her cancer and the death of the daughter. It and was a
2: little bit of a lighter a thing. Lot.
1: Yeah, but also they this is like something that I guess That Chris Carter had been like really work thinking about was setting something in a haunted house. Really? Yeah, he like wanted to do that for a long time, and then they kind of came up with this. And this is also the cheapest X Files episode they had done because they only had four actors. Yeah,
2: only four actors. I mean, listen, the two of those actors I think are really have a a pretty hefty paycheck (laughs) attached to them, as we'll get into. But you only film it in one location, right, in a house.
1: Yeah, so single set, and I feel like it was like kind of a nice like step back from the production quality stuff we were seeing previously.
2: Right. Including like the movie stuff too, Mm -hmm. right? All these locations. We're going to get into another episode where they quote unquote travel. And so, yeah, you just rent the house out for a week and you've got an episode there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I just yawned.
2: <sighs> oh no, so bored already. Oh, just so bored. Uh, so we get some Christmas music into Oregon music, or vice versa. As Mulder and Scully pull up to this spooky house with spooky Mulder. Basically, Mulder talks about this legend, right? That there's uh, there were these two lovers that yes, were a couple,
1: star-crossed lovers from the World
2: War II era, and they like d- committed suicide essentially for fear of being separated on a Christmas Eve. Uh, And so Mulder basically wants to like check it out to see if it's really happening.
1: Well, and then there's all these rumors that like it continues to happen, that murders, like basically murder suicides continue to happen in this house. So he's like, it's like one of those. If you ever watch House Hunters, or if you ever like look up like oh haunted haunted house tours across Wait, do America, they
2: do haunted houses on
1: on House Hunters, not House Hunters, Ghost Hunters. I was
2: gonna say like um, B- Benny's. Uh, well, real maybe they do. I don't know. Is, uh, you know, um, aspiring novelist looking for the nice haunted ranch. But there's houses. like
1: brochures out there when you're traveling of like here are all of the lenses. haunted. Yeah. So like there's obviously like a kind of an aura around the whole like. Going from haunted house to haunted house and checking it out and seeing yeah. if it's legit. And surprise, surprise.
2: Mulder's into it. He's throwing out fart jokes. Scully's like...
1: Yeah, what's wild, though, is that Scully even shows up. Because she yeah. has a car full of Christmas presents. that seemingly kn- for
2: her family.
1: Yeah, for her family. Because she's going to go celebrate Christmas. And it's Christmas Eve, and she hasn't wrapped him yet, so she's in, like, the time crunch here. So she comes to meet him at a haunted house. I mean, I'm sure he didn't tell her it was a haunted house, but she still
2: should have said no. I wonder if she thought that it was some sort of, like, hot case. You, you, you know, probably, like, like, oh, a let on, just happened. Like, oh, on no, actually, it's people who were murdered. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they go inside the house. The clock chimes. Well, Colbin blows; it chills them, chills them to the bone, and then <laughs> my fave, and then the doors close and lock. Yes, those are the first words of a Muppet Christmas Carol. For those keeping track at home,
1: it's classic.
2: So yeah, we we get some, some very spooky stuff here to begin with, right? Where they start to bring in like the super creepy music. Uh, I wrote ah a ghost here because I do believe that we do see some sort of like representation of a spirit, mm-hmm. like in the corner when Scully turns around. But again. She's well, I think it's denial. meant
1: to be um, Lily Tomlin's character, like going quickly through the room. Oh, she's very gotcha. all white. Well,
2: because I, well, cause Lily Tomlin and Ed Asner's characters, their entire mo is to like f with people so that they kill each other. Yes,
1: correct. And they also, I am. Um, it's like I when I was reading the Wikipedia page about this, they talk about. How the only, the only scene that they really had committed to was Scully and Mulder pulling themselves across the floor at the end of the episode. And that was like what they based the whole episode around. Like really? It all, like, it all came out of that, like, image that they were, like, that into. That gruesome image
2: of them, like, having shot each other, and or, or like, thinking they shot yeah, each other. like bloodily
1: pulling themselves towards the door of the house.
2: Oh, yeah, so nothing hooks an episode better than, like, oh, Mulder and Scully might actually die in this one. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know they're not going to, though.
2: So, Scully's gonna go, this is a huge, big, monologue heavy episode.
1: Yeah, well, I love this, actually, the part where Scully's, like, in there just, like, completely going off. She does yeah. this a lot, and I enjoy it when she does, where she just, like, starts like showing how smart she is about stuff where she's like i'm not just like an idiot who believes like science is like like everything like i've done my research she's a medical
2: doctor she's
1: she's not she's a doctor but i do feel like she's like somebody who is like i've done my research on ghosts like i know what they're talking about here i still don't believe it (laughs) right because
2: she basically talks about how the belief in ghosts from the studies that she's done has a psychological tie into it to sort of Still a place in their lives, or for some sort of compensation, uh, and she ends up tying it weirdly enough into Christmas, the essence of Christmas, yes, as yeah. it were. Of like, well, we go- I guess it
1: is Christmas, so she kind of just is like thinking about it.
2: Yeah, and also again, Christmas Carol goes being affiliated with it. There's there's thematic stuff there. Yeah. So we get the most impressive piece of the set, in my opinion beautiful two-story library.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that another thing they talked about was making this a haunted house that was, you know decrepit, but not too decrepit. Decayed, but not, but not too not decayed.
2: too, too decrepit. To
1: yeah, exactly. And then also like deserted, but also not deserted. So this like middle ground of like, it could be haunted, but mm-hmm. like maybe this is also just someone's vacation house. Like yeah, and they just don't <laughs> yeah, put they their don't furniture come here. out. Exactly. So, you know, or there's like things that are draped in, in curtains and stuff or uh, sheets and stuff like that. But yeah, so they, this library is cool. It's,
2: I would love, I mean, granted, I guess it would come with some, some baggage, but. But it looks like a pretty damn cool library. I don't
1: think we could have one. A little too dusty. A
2: little too dusty. And I fear. We need for glass that, casing. And I fear for that ladder for all of our sakes.
1: Especially the two year old.
2: Yes. Well, and, and I think actually me more so than <laughs> the two year old. So, yeah, two-story library. The fireplace is still smoldering, to your point, yes. that people are like, oh, I guess there is Someone's someone Someone's
1: here? There. Yeah, so Scully's like, we're trespassing. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so now we get some weird-ass stuff happens. The the door's locked. Yeah, they
1: start th- hearing things upstairs, so there's creaks. And the,
2: the ladder's suddenly gone, and they're trapped in the room. And this is what you
1: are talking about before, where the... Where the The Scully sees something, and I do think it is supposed to be an old woman in a nightgown. Like, it clearly we find out who it is later, but it's that creepy image of like a ghost in like a long gown. Exactly,
2: like like a banshee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they find two bodies under the floorboards. Yeah. Look like they're shot to death. And they're wearing Mulder and Scully's outfits, and my mind was blown! (laughs) Yeah, you
1: were like, what? 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 What?"
2: (laughs) Because it made me think of, again, maybe it makes me think of Lost, but it was like, okay, did Mulder and Scully travel back in time and die, and this is the version of them that they see here? Boone? Yeah, no, it's, uh, that was, uh... Libby?
1: Tibby? Tibby? Who, who are the people in the hole?
2: no the people in the cave were spoiler alert for lost was uh the man in black and oh yes 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 yes. yeah
1: yeah yeah but they're not the gunshot people
2: no that's tibby tibby got shot tibby
1: got shot and they buried her in a hole
2: uh they buried everyone in a hole when they die
1: but like boone and his sister in a hole together right
2: sort of they're in the same graveyard area
1: who are the people like laying next to each other in a hole Oh,
2: you're talking about Nikki and Paula. Nikki and Paula! I'm just, I just love Tibby for some reason.
1: Her name's Tibby? No, it's Libby! (laughs)
2: Tibby's not a name!
1: Maybe it's the cat. <laughs> it's the a good cat, it's like a cat name. <laughs> the cat. I would not name a cat Tibby. Okay, listeners, whose uh, side are you on? Tibby or no Tibby?
2: That is the question. So, they're freaking out a little bit. Uh, they go. They also do this fun effect, right, where they say, oh, the door's open, but it leads them right back to the exact same room. Yeah, it's one
1: of those things where it's like a fun house type situation.
2: Mulder's going to be able to get through, but, like, the door... Oh, and the,
1: no, but first they decide, sillily... So silly, silly, Tibby. tibbly, to split up.
2: Yeah, you don't do that in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, any, sort of, any sort of murder scenario, do not split up.
1: Yeah, even if you're not in a murder scenario, they've been through this. They've been on the rodeo of the X-Files for a long time. Like, right. Don't split up.
2: Yeah, so Mulder's going to go through. He yes. does end up going through... But he can't go back through the room. This uh, prompts a nice return of
1: Scully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a brick wall, right?
2: Yeah. So, he, well, he can't go back, and then mm-hmm. when he goes forward, yeah, he sees the doorway is just breaking. <laughs> I know. Up. I
1: think I was getting some water at this point, and I just hear Scully, and I laughed because I knew you would be like <laughs> oh, Mulder. Mulder
2: bringing back this, like duck call, if mm, you will. Skuller! So here's our first appearance of a big guest actor for this episode: yeah. Ed Asner showing up in a bucket hat. Yeah, he, he kills this. This
1: is like primo ed asner vibes are you here. An, are you an
2: ed asner fan
1: i mean uh, to an ed extent fansner? that i think that he's a great actor and like i've seen him in stuff that i've enjoyed i'm not like a stan like yeah, i I'm,
2: like... i really like mary tyler more yeah I think he's great in that. exactly
1: like there's a lot of stuff that i've seen him in that's been like enjoyable but i do think that he brings the right vibe here this like just like kooky old guy who is like n- Trying to ghostlight, funny, yeah. funny. <laughs> gas, ghostlight. Yeah, that's what I was going for, but I didn't, I started with ghostlight instead of saying gaslight. I so. love it. I love it.
2: Um, so he's th- trying to ghostlight him. I think I could love you even more until you made that pun. Oh,
1: great. Um But anyway, he's <laughs> gaslighting him into believing that it's not a haunted house, there are no ghosts, and this is all psychological in his head. And that like, it's all about him not wanting to be alone on Christmas and that he he brought his partner out here. I
2: love how much... He's such a troll. (laughs) I was going to say the exact same thing. His character is such a troll, especially in his opening scene, right? Where he's saying...
1: Yeah. Like, Like, oh, the bricks, yeah. I don't
2: see any brick wall. Uh, But then later
1: he goes on to say, like, yeah, because the brick wall, like, quote unquote. But Asner
2: says that he specializes in paranoia and mental health. Yeah, he says he's like a retired psychologist. And so there's literally the scene where Mulder ends up sitting down on a couch next to him. Yeah. And so he's like, All right, let me give you a soul. I'm a soul prospector, is what he says. And to your point, he dresses him down, calling him a self righteous egomaniac who's on his way to a total wacko (laughs) breakdown.
1: Total wackadoo breakdown. Yeah, I do feel like he, if there was a, you know, they talk about it later in the episode, him and Lily Tomlin are like, um, basically saying that this was their plan this year because they always come back every Christmas and their tactic this year was to use like pseudo like yeah like
2: psychology pop, pop, pop psychology pop psychology because right? I, I think that's also a so like, of, like previously the late 90s.
1: do you imagine that they were just like scaring people and like yeah be, like being typical ghosts and trying different things every year yeah like, i think
2: i think they try to fit the times which i absolutely love i don't know what they would do yeah it's funny nowadays. they're like we gotta
1: stay with the times oh we're gonna
2: try to have them make tiktoks and yeah. then kill them on it i'm not entirely sure because yeah this really speaks to we talked about jerry springer in postmodern prometheus like this idea of pop psychology and like really trying to to gussy up you Know people's conditions, uh, for sort of a popular effect, and I think we we absolutely get it here. And yeah. I would say that Mulder like full th- falls for it, hook, line, and sinker, but like it, I think he's a little shaken. Well, by he's it. a little
1: shaken, and then there's a part where he the entire time he's talking to Ed Asner, he's like keeps turning around the wall, still a brick wall, but at the yeah. end. He gets up and Asner walks right through the door. There is no brick wall. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you, clearly we find out later that he's a ghost and he's making these brick walls and he's doing like ghost yeah. stuff. And, and to
2: that point, this is actually part of, out of like a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon, mm-hmm. Mulder tries to run through and hits the brick wall. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah. I also love uh, the use of the word paramasturbatory.
1: Paramasturbatory. Yeah. And they also use the brick wall as like a, um, like a, I don't know, like a, some sort of repre- metaphor, yeah, representation of his brick wall that he's put up in his heart or something like. that. Right, exactly. Yeah. It says
2: you can change your life, and so now we get the other side of yes. this double date here. Here comes Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. showing up. Do love me some Lily Tomlin? Yeah,
1: she basically plays like plays the part of a woman who is in her nightgown and somebody like breaks into her house and she's like you're not being very like cool
2: scully is flipping a shit
1: yeah right now. and i don't understand really necessarily why she's flipping a shit i, I think she's getting spooked like again Mulder, spooked, this is Mulder's
2: yeah. status quo is i think even though he's scared he's always kind of prepared for weird things to happen scully we just talked about has reasoning for everything. I think especially the breaking point for her is when she goes back right and she finds that the bodies are gone. Yes. It just like... Yeah, because she starts telling
1: Lily Tomlin that like all this stuff is happening, that like the bodies are there and like she's just like, you're like, you're I don't know, this is all crazy, whatever. And then... Doesn't Ed Asner join them at that point? Yeah,
2: so Philly Tomlin's gonna break down Scully first, basically saying, oh, you're looking for this guy, Mulder, you find companionship in him, the only joy you get in life is mm-hmm. proving him wrong. Yeah, And then Asner's gonna come in, and Scully's gonna hold them both at gunpoint and this is where it officially gets confirmed, right, that yeah. they show off. So basically Lydia opens, Lydia who is Lily Tomlin's character. Right, and, opens. Lydia and Maurice. Yeah. Crazy old Maurice. Yeah,
1: so she opens up her nightgown, and there's a giant hole. I think hole. it's Lyda, not Lydia. Lyda, sorry, I thought it was Lydia. She, Well, uh, I mean, it op-
2: makes sense from a ghost perspective, yeah. considering Beetlejuice. Yeah.
1: So she opens up her gown and there's a giant hole yeah. and then Ed A la t- death
2: becomes her. Yeah,
1: and then Ed Asner takes off his hat and there's a giant hole in it. Yeah, had. at
2: least he's able to, she's able to hide it pretty well like yeah. i was like why is ed Azure wearing a bucket hat and i guess it, i like the look there's, there's not much you can do to cover up a hole in your head why do you not
1: like bucket hats
2: i think it was just it's it's very 90s like i think for a long time i only love a fishermen bucket. wore bucket mm, hats I, love I have a good resentment because hat. in senior year of high school uh on halloween i went to school as gilligan and they took my hat because they didn't allow hats, and then I was just man with a red sweater.
1: Aw, <laughs> oh, poor Gilligan. <laughs> poor
2: Gilligan without his hat? What am I? So, yeah, basically, you know, Scully ends up passing out. I really love the banter between these two. Like, it's so snarky. You could tell these are two yeah. people who love each other, but it is sort of like an older married couple. Well, yeah, so they're,
1: like, sniping about how Elida did things wrong with her, like, apparitions, because previously, um, she it was, like, making things happen, brick yeah. walls, things like that. So, yeah, and he's just like, you did that wrong. And she's like, no, well, you did that wrong.
2: Yeah, and so now they're sort of like, all right, what do we do now? And I think it seems it seems like they switch partners here, right? Because Tom and Light is going to go visit Mulder, and this is where we're going to get the fun effect of the books popping out, and this is where we're going to get the titular mm-hmm. The Ghost Who Stole Christmas book.
1: Yeah, and they're also going to show each other, like, apparitions of each Each other, so basically, like Scully's going to be shown Mulder, yeah. But it's it's not Mulder. It's it's like it's Lily Tomlin, like pointing the gun at her.
2: Basically, what they're doing right now is they're going to. They're causing a fuss. They're because they're convinced that they're planting a seed in Mulder and Scully of basically saying
1: one of you's going to kill the other one. Yeah,
2: like they say, oh, you You should do it first. Your partner is going to shoot you and then themselves. So so you
1: should like get out of here, or you should kill them first. Right? Like, oh,
2: you don't want to deal with them. They're dark and disturbed. You Mm -hmm. have to get them before. Before they get you, totally. And then the final piece de resistance is we get a little bit of Loki esque shape shifting here. Yes, uh, in that you know, basically Scully is in the room with Asner. Right, here's a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. Asner's like, "Don't let him in. He's a depraved individual." She lets quote unquote Mulder in. He shoots her, and it's actually Lily Tomlin. Yeah, pretending
1: to be Mulder. So they basically convince Scully to shoot Mulder because Mulder pulls a. Not Mulder pulls a gun on her,
2: which is weird because like their rules are that
1: they couldn't kill them, mm-hmm. but
2: she did like lethally shoot Scully.
1: Yeah, but they're they're trying. So she shoots Scully, and she the hopes that when they do come across each other, they'll shoot each other again, and they'll be dead. Oh, right. No, yeah. actually,
2: it may, yeah, that's that's that totally makes sense, right? Because we'll talk about this later on, right? That like when they're dragging themselves in the yes, kitchen, they're, like, they're oh, like, oh wait, this is all psychosomatic.
1: Yeah, because at first they pull guns on each other and they're like, you shot me! And it's like, no, you shot yeah, me because, first! Well, because
2: Scully gets shot here and then... Like, if they don't have
1: that conversation dragging themselves across the floor, they do end up killing each other. Yeah, like, if they're not Mulder and Scully, anybody other couple might do that.
2: Because the other half of this is that the real Mulder is going to find uh, Lily Tomlin disguised as Scully to be, like, yeah. as, as pretending that she was shot and, like, cradling her in your arms. Like, I can't believe this. And then he's shot in the back by Asner. And then as we hear, have yourself a merry little Christmas. This is where we get mm-hmm. the big culminating scene, which is
1: great to the song. Everything, it's just yeah, and very and, and, weird <laughs> and to
2: have both these characters say that they're afraid is like yeah. a very big deal. In well, yeah, because it kind of
1: seems like they're dying. Um, but they do have this like quick com- snippet conversation where they realize that you know that. Couldn't have happened, like because Cully, Scully, Scully, Scully claims that he shot her, and Mulder claims that she shot him, and he's like, "Wait!" And so he stops moving, and he gets up, and he's like, "I'm fine."
2: Oh, so yeah, Scully, get up! It's it's fine. It was all yeah, in our it's, heads. It's very. And then, and then weird They just leave.
1: Yeah, so they step up and step out of the house, and the blood is gone. Everything's gone. Then they're, they're like, "Peace out!" And they go. Yeah.
2: And so Azar and Tomler are just gonna like you know look upon the fire as the clock strikes and they're twelve. They're
1: like, "Dang it, we almost had him." It's
2: officially Christmas, and they're like, uh, well." Some people have forgotten the meaning of Christmas. We haven't. And they, I thought it was sweet it was that cute. they held hands. They I did know hold it's, hands. it's weird to say, but like, it's a legitimately cute moment. I yeah. ship them.
1: So, I mean, they're like <laughs> ghosts of Christmas. They want people to die together. I get that's weird, but they, you know, they love each that's other interesting. in the afterlife. Do you think
2: that all the people that they've killed in the past were couples?
1: Yes, because the whole thing is that they kill each other because they're, so afraid that one of them will die and be alone in the afterlife. Mm. So, like, that's their lover's pact, is that, like, they're going to die at the same time. So they're killing themselves and each other.
2: So everyone who you think they end up killing on Christmas Eve. yeah,
1: I mean, couples to an extent, like some sort of pair.
2: Yeah. So we get now Mulder and Scully finally celebrating Christmas. Mulder is... For some reason, still sitting around in his leather
1: jacket. Yeah, a little place. weird. Maybe it's chilly in his uh, in his um,
2: apartment. Apartment. Yeah. I mean, listen, he, there was some sketchy stuff going on with his apartment. Remember that one time that the water was like laced with uh, with <laughs> hallucinogenic yeah, drugs? Yes, like, yes, I do. I, I hope he got some sort of rent rebate. But no, we get he's we probably get a, in
1: a rent stabilized place. He can't he can't do it. But we get a
2: cute scene here at the end where Scully drops by with a gift. Spencer brought this up that one of the biggest unknowns in the X Files was what they gave each other. What they gave yeah. each other, uh, and apparently it was—it's been jokingly answered by David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson themselves. Uh, where basically Mulder gives Scully a cylindrical-shaped gift that is quote fit for a lonely woman, and then mm-hmm. Scully's VHS box-shaped gift from Mulder is video content, quote, fit for a lonely man?
1: Yeah, I don't care. I mean, like, I always think he gave her, like, some sort of, like, jewelry, and she gave him, like, a a VHS or something. Like, who cares? They gave each other gifts, they're laughing, they're having fun. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute to say, you know, hey! I'm over people trying to say that they're, like, into porn. Like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) stop making porn
1: watching Mulder
2: happen! Yeah,
1: really. It's not about that
2: it's not about about the science it's about the science and it's about the love or at least the the feelings of friendship i suppose and the love yeah well the love is about to be challenged very Mm -hmm. much so in the next episode we're about to cover the rain king but we're going to step out for a spell and we're going to come right back to talk about it after these messages
0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Feel the red on your skin. Mm. No ever did you. For you. It. Only, Only you, you can, can let let the it in. Here's Oren Conrad. That was the theme song to the Hills, right? Yeah, I
1: know. It just went in a weird direction. Well, I made. was
2: introducing the cast of the Hills. I, I apologize. say
1: okay, well, let's introduce the cast of this episode of The X Yeah, where
2: there are nary hills to be seen because we are in Kansas, baby. Uh, this is the Valentine's Day episode.
1: This is the Valentine's Day episode
2: of <laughs> The X <X-Files, laughs> which is interesting. Apparently, Spencer brought this to light that this was the most watched episode of season six specifically because. It was the Valentine's Day episode and Fox used a bait and switch marketing tactic where they said, oh, this is the one where Mulder and Scully will
1: kiss. They did that a lot. I think if I recall correctly, they're like they did what every good TV show should do, which is like keep you hanging on. Maybe, will they, won't they, will they, won't they of it all. But yeah, I actually really love this episode, though. I think it's such a fun, cute little episode. It's such
2: a kooky episode. It's just
1: cute. It's just like very light, very yeah, like... surprisingly
2: the first episode in quite some time that does not deal with murder or death no, in any way. No, I
1: mean, it does have some maiming, but you don't really care about it because the guy that's maimed is a douchebag. Yeah,
2: exactly. Douchebag maiming is, is something that we are totally fine absolving. But we're going to start here, and the celebrity cameos continue here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main roles in this episode, Sheila, is played by none other than
1: SNL alum Victoria Jackson. Yeah, which I love her in this. I think she's, you know, I think perhaps she's been canceled as, as of yeah, late.
2: Yeah, she's um, a little bit... I don't know if she's full Q, speaking of conspiracies, but I think she's uh, fairly far in that direction.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we're not going to talk about that, but at the time of filming in the 90s she was you know quite a cutie yeah, she, in her she, acting style Yeah, and, she'd been on snl
2: in the late 80s she'd made a name for herself i think she also fits this role well right of like the sweet voiced simple-minded midwestern woman who's just a bit aloof like she, full of love but a bit aloof
1: totally and i think the whole episode really surrounds the around this idea of like um repressed feelings And so I do think there's a little bit of that as well, um, you know, that they're kind of trying to bring to the table. So we
2: walk in on Valentine's Day with uh, this
1: couple, Sheila and
2: Daryl, her fiancé at the time. And Daryl comes, like, storming in. Yeah, so
1: she's writing this, like, love letter, and she puts a big heart on it, and it's Valentine's Day, and she's wearing, like, red nail polish, and, you know. But yes, Daryl comes storming in.
2: Yeah, and he is an ass from the beginning. And he talks about... Her, his Sheila's ass. uh
1: Yes, he basically says she has a big ass. Which, what's like, X Files? Please stop talking about this. No, but this is like a, as a girl, as a female-identifying woman, mm-hmm. I feel that in the late '90s, early 2000s, it was very much so not okay to have a big ass, and as somebody with a big butt, I felt it. Like, no pants fit me then. Like, I do not have a problem finding pants now that fit me. Back in the 90s and the 2000s, like, it was zippers on women's pants were so short that I couldn't pull them up over my butt. So I think it was like a, a thing that was valued and admired back then was to be like, you know, super thin, like, Julia Stiles, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. so I do think that them making those kind of butt jokes is probably pretty with the zeitgeist. And
2: also, this is, like, the Sir Mix-a-Lot era, right, of, like, oh... He was
1: outside of the, like, norm there, saying, like, big butt, be- Being in favor of it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe he was ahead of the times he in was. that regard. But basically, Daryl's P.O.ed because she had basically, like, put in an engagement announcement in the paper. Yeah,
1: so I guess they got engaged, and he didn't want to tell anybody, and she put it in the paper, and... Um, you know, but basically, I guess I'm not sure what Daryl's job is prior to. Yeah, I was thing. confused
2: about. And so they I'll admit there was a little bit of confusion in this timeline for yeah, me, you didn't the get point, it. where we had to stop the episode <laughs> and have you explain it to me. Yeah.
1: So I guess the Daryl. That we see right in the beginning is a Daryl that maybe he's like a farmer, or an agriculturalist. Like that, somebody that depends on rain. Yeah, he
2: specifically says like, "Oh, you know, why are you doing this? I didn't want to get married right now because like we're in trouble." Yeah, it hasn't because the rain, the drought
1: makes business poor, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so yeah, he,
2: he takes off into the night.
1: He gets they basically get in an argument. and He like starts drinking and yeah, driving. He, he
2: storms off, pounding back <laughs> beers in a cooler, a real cool vibe while dude. Sheila cries while eating chocolate, and it starts to rain which Daryl celebrates until it turns into hail.
1: And these are now sh- heart-shaped hail. Spells. And these are giant-like. Yeah, apparently this was, like, pretty special effects. Oh, I could I could tough, imagine. I mean you have to make a bunch of heart-shaped ice cubes and then rain them from the sky. Like, and
2: I thought for a while that he was dead. Yeah. I, I, I feel like this is a typical cold <laughs> open of here's this random couple and someone like sitcoms yeah, for the you weirdness didn't, of the week.
1: And I do think there is this, um, difference in the look and attire and
2: very much. So once we meet Daryl in his rain king con man mm-hmm. outfit, it's very different. He has a way different style.
1: Now. He's more of like a slicked back kind of guy. Whereas in the beginning, he's just kind of a hick. So yeah. I can see where you would see that. And if you're not paying attention to the names, it's like, eh, it's a little bit confusing, but yeah. So he gets a car and he. You know, we find out later loses a leg.
2: Right, exactly. So we touched down in Kansas uh, with Mulder and Scully. six months later. Yeah. So that's that was that's an yes. important distinction. I was a bit confused as to what the timeline is because later on Sheila is going to have a she conversation tell with the, us with, the with, with the weatherman. Right, and he's like, "How could you still love him?" I'm like, "Wait, did, didn't this just happen?" Like,
1: no, it happened six months ago. Um, and so now, and I guess this is how it's gotten to Mulder. and they arrive by request of the mayor because a terrible drought has plagued the region. I loved it. I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of this. this mayor. Was very much so drop dead gorgeous vibes yes, for me. <laughs> I'm thinking very much drop dead gorgeous or
2: like waiting for Guffman. Right, the like yeah. small town mayor comes in with a bolo tie and a fi- and a feeded f- feed hat, and, like a
1: fanfare of like the lamest. The
2: one little girl doing baton. Yeah, twirling. it's like
1: when in um in drop dead gorgeous when Kirsten Dunst is leaving um to go to the national competition. They like see her off on a play and it's yeah. like a parade, and it's just so silly.
2: Yeah. So that I definitely got this this sense as well. So I love that. I kind of wish we got. I mean, I guess we get more of that with the people, but yeah. I was wondering. It's almost remind me a bit of like postmodern Prometheus. Yeah. Right, no, it's the same vibes.
1: Well, and so the mayor has called them because yes, there's a drought, but that's not the problem. The problem is that Daryl Moots, who is now calling is- himself. The, the rain. King, the rain king.
2: Which, by the way, Daryl Moots is like, yeah, that great is name. an incredibly named character. In yeah. My opinion.
1: And so the mayor is upset because Moots is basically like making it rain for for money.
2: Yeah, he's basically, he's saying I will, I'm the one who, he's basically having like, monopoly, I can control the weather. So therefore you have to pay me exorbitant amounts of money so I can make it rain to like m- Yeah, to and the mayor's live.
1: like, something's up here.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So of course surprise, surprise, Scully's gonna deny the Rain King. Uh, she says that like oh, well, you know, people find scapegoats for things but they're gonna go check in to his office and meet this darling secretary i love her
1: she's great cheryl cindy? She- sheila sheila close no no sheila's the main character yeah um cindy some sort of like airheaded
2: scrunchied young lady who yeah. just, just quit her job at the dairy queen to go work for this yeah, her man. accent
1: is the best <laughs> it's so great
2: yeah and i love like of course, she is stumping for Daryl, who, ironically enough, uh, has a stump for a leg. Yeah, she's uh,
1: carrying around all his different legs. Well, because
2: it's also like she is his paramour in addition to his employee. Yeah. So, like, obviously, when uh, when Scully suggests that Daryl isn't making a rain, she is outraged yeah, at the a- mere accusation. And,
1: yeah, and so she Scully has asked for a client list, and she's like, don't you need, like, a warrant for that or something?
2: Yeah, that's what I love, too, is everyone's sense of... Like misaligned sense of the justice. Yeah. Like later on when Sheila, we'll talk about Sheila's secret, but she's like, "Am I under arrest?" Yeah, now?
1: yeah, yeah, totally. And so it, they got the client list, and they're going to go head off to the local weather station, right?
2: Because we're this and this is where we're going to meet uh, one of our main characters, Holman. here. Holman. Holman, our weatherman, Holman Hart, with a D, not an. Which is also a really great names of characters well, yeah. in this episode. Uh, and so basically, like. Holman Hart kind of has a hard on here for what's going on in this city. Well, yeah, Groner. because he
1: is a meteorologist. Like, he's somebody who tells Scully right off the bat that, like, it's impossible. It's not possible what's happening.
2: Right. Well, no, he, he says that he doesn't believe that Daryl is causing the drought, but he does believe that, like, what he does is the real deal. Y-
1: yeah, so he basically says there's, there is a drought. I don't scientifically know how to explain it, but it does seem to be that the rain is following Daryl. Right. But he does tell Scully, uh, first off, he's like, to Scully, he's like, no, like, um it's not possible. Here's all the science behind it. It would never happen. But... I think it's happening.
2: Yeah, and that also speaks to he has hung out in this town his entire life. We'll find out that, like, he has... He
1: seems whole, like a smart guy, though. He's a
2: smart guy, but I think he still has a bit of that, like, cockeyed optimism or... Oh, yeah. Well, especially with this type of stuff, he's right? he's in
1: love. But he
2: calls this this whole meteorological impact sexy. So, like, yeah. it's very clear that he has such... hard-on for science. Yeah, such an invested interest in what the hell this weird nexus of weather going on. Well, it's kind
1: of like how Mulder gets, like, real into, like alien shit right
2: it's this weird <laughs> thing where when someone does scientific explanations right Mulder, you know all usually responds like i could kiss you right now." yeah or exactly like that. he gets
1: like a hard on for it which is weird so we get to run into daryl koontz
2: here uh not daryl koontz daryl moons i think i was confusing him with dean koontz, dean koontz. the author <laughs> um, um so yeah daryl shows up with his one leg and this yeah, is so where, basically
1: they're going to a farm
2: yeah yeah and they run into daryl doing his thing and we see it in all his glory, his attempted rain dance.
1: Which is hilarious. So a little bit of a funny anecdote about rain dances. Yes. So on our wedding day... um beautiful, lovely, magical day of our wedding. Uh, It rained a lot and mm-hmm. it was very upsetting to me. And I was like, because we got married outside of my parents' vineyard and all I wanted was this like beautiful outdoor wedding under a tree. And that was like what I dreamed of. And we had to improvise and we did make it happen. We did get married outside. Yep. But while I was getting ready, Mike's best man, Zachary, who is just the most hilarious person alive, mm-hmm. decided to do a rain dance. He did because, an anti-rain dance. Oh yeah, he did an anti-rain dance because he thought that that would make us feel better. And
2: your mom and your sister were like playing the drums. Yeah, my doing. sister,
1: like the hippy-dippy one that she is, he had a tambourine and my mom was like, had a djembe two, and everyone was like doing a drum circle in the front yard trying to make it not rain and I was like, this is awful. It
2: was, I mean, it was so evocative of the day though, which was absolutely incredible, but like very much in the league with our well, lives. because
1: weddings are also like this all the time. When you have a, a Saturday wedding that happens at nighttime, like you spend the majority of your day just like freaking out. Yeah, our wedding was <laughs> at
2: five o'clock.
1: Yeah, and so we, I was up in the morning at like nine a.m. with like my girls. Like, what the hell were we thinking? And then we were there for like six hours getting ready, and then finally you're ready, and then you have to like we had to rush through our ceremony because it was like which
2: was fine. It was we were not big on the ceremony, anyways.
1: no, but it was you know raining, and then it was just like. A muddy, muddy mess. The but rest of the night. we got
2: some amazing pictures, and we had like a real banger of like a Woodstock esque, you know. back So if it's raining and you
1: don't want it to rain, don't call on our friend Zach. Yeah,
2: exactly. And there, <laughs> also, I don't believe there's any such thing as an anti rain dance.
1: He made it up. And I,
2: you and you looked beautiful TM, on that TM, day, TM, TM. especially in the rain.
1: Oh, thank you. You too.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, so basically, despite Daryl's derpy dancing, the it starts r- to rain. Starts to rain, and people are hugging, and they're like, oh okay, I guess that's this is a thing. It's confusing.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot that happens in between here of, like, Scully and Mulder just, like, talking about it and, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, saying it's not true, it's not possible, right. whatever. But they get back to the hotel, which I think is where the next incident happens. Yeah, the
2: next incident. But in the meantime, this is where we get what you alluded to before, right? Where Sheila, so Sheila, I guess, works for the weather station?
1: Yeah, so they both, Sheila and Holman both work for the... Not the weather station, but the TV station, right? And Holman is the meteorologist, the weather person, and Sheila has some other job. Seems like an administrative role.
2: Yeah, but you know, she clearly they they know each other from They've, high school. Yeah,
1: everybody, and so does Daryl. Like, yeah, they're all and there's high and there's going to be
2: a reunion going on. We went to your reunion. We did several years back.
1: It was all right it was fun it wasn't like your typical high school it was we not, had at our brewery yeah, we, were, it was we like, were
2: not we were not in the gymnasium with wizard of oz cutouts yes. or anything yeah, it
1: took me which is very funny but like i guess i always knew that this took place in kansas and that's why it was the wizard of oz theme yeah. but like i it all clicked when we watched it this time especially at the end with the rainbow and
2: everything i, I do and it went somewhere over the rainbow played. yeah <laughs> I, I do wonder how, what how, like what's the percentage of kansas schools that always have wizard of oz theming you know or is it so taboo, probably pretty, yeah i was gonna
1: say it's probably pretty low <laughs>
2: they're just like oh we can let's stay away from yeah <laughs> this. so yeah it's become very obvious he's been crushing on her super hard yeah she has no idea he keeps
1: asking her like oh are you excited for the reunion on friday night and she's like oh yeah it should be really fun and he's like He's like, and we're still going together? And she's like, yeah, of course.
2: Like, But it's very much the dot, dot, dot as a friend
1: of Yeah, but it. she has no idea. She's just so oblivious. Yeah, so. and,
2: you know, it seems like at this point
1: she's still kindling some feelings
2: for daryl
1: hasn't been and honestly it hasn't been that long if they were engaged yeah and they broke up it's only been six months and even see.
2: though it was a toxic relationship right this is where we find out that essentially daryl was like had no money of his own so yeah. he was mooching off of sheila until, ba- off of her. until basically he got this whole rain king deal and then said see you later
1: well yeah so he left her that night and got into an accident and then this happened at shortly after but like he, i would assume he would have gone back to her if it hadn't happened so
2: let's talk about the next incident that happens because I, this is so i'm assuming
1: this <laughs> r.i.p cow came
2: after the movie twister i'm assuming right i think so I, I think know. twister was like 90 twister is a
1: movie that i have seen so many times same because my parents love that movie and like i don't know i i like it it's a great movie i enjoy it a lot but Oh, we used to watch it all the time. And this was like the era of like, Oh, you had VHSs or DVDs that you would just rewatch. Yeah. It, there wasn't like constant content coming out. So like we would sit down at night and we'd pick a movie to watch. And like we would always pick Twister. Like it was like,
2: it was, it's such a, weird it was a frequent one in, re- in retrospect, like just a weird cast. Yeah.
1: It is funny thinking about that. How yeah, like
2: Bill, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt is a great movie. Philip though. Seymour Hoffman and Cameron from, uh, yes. from Ferris Bueller's day on. Yes.
1: But I used to think. Like, we used to do that every night. We'd sit down and we'd be like, what, what do we want to watch tonight? Whereas, like, now we have so much content that we have to consume. Like, there's, like, I'm like, what can I, I watch tonight? And
2: so, also, this is well after Twister. So, this aired... Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the uh January tenth, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, twister okay. was from ninety six. 96, and yeah. that was of course had the infamous shot of the CGI cow being mm-hmm. sucked up into the twister.
1: Well, so a cow crashes through Mulder's hotel room.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Mulder thinks this is like a planned attack. He yes, thinks that
1: the rankings coming after exactly, him. Exactly,
2: because we they thought that we were, you know, suspicious of him and so he sent his attack cow after us, essentially. Yeah.
1: But... Sheila comes a-running in, crying her brains out. To say that (laughs) she was the one that did it. She confesses that it might be her fault because ever since she can remember she's been followed by strange weather right
2: and we we get a like a fun little montage of this right like she had a wedding and it was snowing when she uh, got divorced the clouds were like laughing at her laughing at her so she feels like while she might not be controlling the weather like it's more so uh, a mojo Mm -hmm. thing that something's following she's
1: unconsciously controlling the weather that like things are happening because of the way she feels
2: you pointed out when we were watching this this is a fantastic scene for scully (laughs) face Yes,
1: it is. It's so funny. <laughs> cause
2: basically Mulder's like, oh yes, of course I, I believe you, which is yeah. Like he Yeah, he's like,
1: he's laying it on a little thick here, like in a, like kind of a flirty, I don't want to say but, flirty, but, but like. I
2: would not be surprised though, cause I think Mulder, I would not be surprised if Mulder was a little bored and a little bit like, yeah, yeah like, I'm gonna, or and a little playboy. Yes,
1: a little playboy. Just like, I know, like or not even playboy, but like mansplaining, like he's like, Um, you know, gonna protect her and like take care of it and like handle the situation and explain what's really happening, yeah,
2: because he he knows what's happening, and so he's gonna 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 sort of curry favor to her, right? He's gonna be like, I understand, I believe you, and we're gonna work on it.
1: Yeah, well, he says he he believes her but that it's not true he tells right. her that it's not he assures her that it, she's not doing this but
2: all she needs to hear is I believe you and also receives a kiss on the hand and this entire time Scully is making <sighs> this face like she's like
1: what are you doing what
2: is wrong with you Yeah,
1: and also like the way that Sheila is talking is Scully's eye rolling is like OTT oh, so Mulder's going to charge
2: into the weather station to confront Coleman mm-hmm. because he basically says no 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 it's not Sheila it's you You're the one controlling the weather, because what he found out was basically every time Holman had some sort of, like, medical episode or depressive episode, the weather would have a distinctive change in the the mood.
1: Yeah. But, oh, you skipped the part where when they're talking, Mulder and Scully are talking to Sheila, she says that um, Moose was drunk the night that they left, that he left, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't this when he says that?
2: I think so, yeah. And this is where she also talks about the tornado at the high school, which is going to be like a... A big key event.
1: Well, I think it's also key that Hart, here Holman, hears that he was drunk because up until this point, he's been blaming himself that he got into that accident. Yeah. Because Holman is aware that he's he's doing this.
2: He is, yeah, and he's just trying to... He doesn't know how and he I, doesn't know how well, to fix it, but well, he, he's aware
1: that it's happening to right, him. Right, and that's the
2: thing, is that Holman is aware that he does it... But it comes from him repressing
1: yes, his feelings. his cup is overflowing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I think is an interesting idea, right? So we have, obviously, the weather controlling of, like, Storm from the X-Men. I know you talked about that episode with the lightning kid. Mm-hmm. That's less of, hey, I'm, like, sexually frustrated, so I'm manifesting my emotions for the weather, and no, more it's so, the, look what I can do.
1: Yeah, this is, like, I don't even say sexually frustrated, like, emotionally, his well is full. And so it's toppling now, and... Th- making weather happen because he's like feeling so much
2: and to that point sheila's gonna call him and we get this entire build-up that you can see coming yeah. like a freaking bolt of lightning of yeah i've got something to tell you i really trust you so i had to come to you like, with we're best friends first. i have a crush on agent Mulder. <laughs> lightning strike so
1: stupid <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love it uh, but holman is just like so lovesick. I love the. He's line, also like
1: such a coward, like <laughs> such a
2: dupe. I love the line. How can a frog tell a swan that he loves her? I have several questions about that analogy. So
1: I think what he's saying is that like he's she's like beautiful and and everything that like she like he can imagine. He's a gross old frog.
2: Yeah, th- and, th- then,
1: and then he's using the imagery that is often used in fairy tales.
2: Right, but it's more so a princess than a frog, not yes. a frog and a swan.
1: Well, there's the princess and. The princess and the swan. No, there's the swan Swan princess princess
2: that has. It does have a frog in it.
1: It does have a frog in it, but the swan princess is like the princess been turned into a swan. Yeah,
2: exactly. Definitely a different type of situation. I just think it was a funny image, and Mulder's basically. Holman essentially holds Mulder hostage. Yeah. He's like, You're the Lothario. You have to give me advice on what to do to the point where he creates fog to strand him and Scully in Kansas for the time yes, being. Yes. So Scully
1: and him keep trying, or Scully keeps trying to leave. So basically, the first time it's like the weather is like too bad, and now he creates fog so they can't leave.
2: Yeah. So he's basically like, are so going I'll, to the reunion. I'll weaponize this against you. Uh, and so this is where we also get like a little. I like
1: the part where he's on the phone though with Scully, where he's like, Scully's like, Oh, we can catch a plane and Blah blah, 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 blah blah and she was like i don't know Mulder. have you looked outside in a little bit and he looks outside and it's foggy and he goes holman
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he just immediately connects the dots yeah he knows but this, holman. Is, this is where we really focus on some Mulder and scully stuff right yes. where uh you know holman's like well you know surely you and agent scully she's a beautiful enchanting woman like <laughs> and he's like oh no never uh scully does the same thing I'm like no well maybe almost once but not really yeah. tell me more tell me more did she put up a fight, right? This sort of embracing this idea of, oh, no, uh, rape? You, so, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, this, well... <laughs> don't quote Grease. <laughs> this this idea of, well, they yes, never yeah, were, yeah, and they're yeah. sort of using this time to underline the will they, won't they.
1: Yes, and so basically, Holman's whole thing is that he has an unrequited love for Sheila, and Mulder must have an unrequited love for Scully, and he finds out that he doesn't, and he's like, I don't know, I think you do.
2: Yeah, so Holman's gonna have a really bad sequence of events here where he yeah. calls sheila like barely croaks out speaking of frog and i love you and she's like oh yeah i love you too in the friend way yeah and then if we find out later on she says it off screen but i'm in love with, with Mulder agent Mulder which is
1: wild she met him that day
2: meanwhile daryl's gonna come storming in and one of my highlights of the episode is just every time daryl attempts to fight Mulder because yes. it, it's the the this mount- is at
1: the weather station still, right? This yeah. so is at
2: the weather station. Daryl's going to charge in uh, basically be like, oh, you're, you're stealing my woman, and he's just going to, like, take two swings well, at him, and Mulder just so, easily dodges him.
1: Yeah, and Daryl is upset because it has stopped raining. Yes. By Sheila admitting that she's the one doing this, it stopped for some reason, so that's something to do with Holman, but, yeah, you know... Yeah,
2: but I would also imagine that Holman is concentrating oh, on Oh, you know people. why it
1: stops? It stops because holman finds out that he didn't cause the the accident so uh, up until this gotcha. point he's been like he's been making it happen because he feels bad yeah got it
2: yeah so basically at this moment daryl's gonna try to swing at Mulder with several haymakers several times completely whiffs it yeah. and Mulder just like easily throws him up against the wall sheila does the my hero and kisses him just in time for holman and scully to walk around the corner
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it's just, like, super awkward. Mulder looks super uncomfy. And it's one of those typical, like, wrong
2: place, wrong time. It's not what it looks like, Holman! (sighs) Yeah. And he, as a result... He, like, storms out and... And he causes a storm. He causes a flash flood warning. Like, it has rained... A record amount that he is clearly, incredibly distraught. Not too distraught to not go to the reunion, though.
1: Yeah. So they, the reunions that night, they're all going to the reunion, and it's still like a horrendous thunderstorm.
2: Right. But they're still, they are still got the disco ball going. They got "Don't Rock the Boat" playing. Yes. There's the, the balloon cutouts. There's no place. Well, they, and they end up
1: having to go to the um to the reunion because Mulder's like, okay, well, I guess we can leave now, and uh, or Scully's like, well, why don't we see if we can catch that plane? The fog is lifted, and Mulder looks at the the radar and he's like i don't know much about radar but what does red mean yeah i don't want to die a huge thunderstorm's coming and he's like i don't think we're going anywhere yeah
2: and so why don't we go to the dance sway awkwardly for a little bit love it uh and so scully love
1: that for them
2: (laughs) scully is the one i think to really nail this home right she's the one who finally swallows not her pride but like Moves for Mulder has been really pulling a lot of weight with Holman going to him for advice. Now she (laughs) approaches Sheila and is just like, "Listen, I know you mean well, but you're a little daft. Here's everything that's happening."
1: (sighs) And my favorite line of this episode, which I quote, and it's the dumbest line ever, but it's the way that Victoria Jackson says it. I did not suspect, (laughs) and I say it sometimes, and I'll be like, "I'm like, I always forget where it's from." And I "I did not suspect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, Sheila, Sheila initially plays it off because she thinks that oh, Scully, you're just jealous. Of yeah, what she's me and jealous. Nathan blah. blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's the thing. She's. Very simple. She has fallen in love with Agent Mulder over the course of, what, like, 12 hours, it yes, seems?
1: exactly. So Scully talks her down. She's like, no, 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 Mulder and I are not like that. And also, I don't think that you are like that with him.
2: Yeah, but she does <laughs> express, like, the door is mostly closed, I agree. But there's a bit of a crack when Scully brings up this idea that she feels the best relationships are the ones based in friendship.
1: Yeah, which you, I agree with. You
2: build, a, you build a foundation, and then in just one night, it's like a, a switch flicks. And then you, you romantically attach and that's the story of us.
1: It's a story of us.
2: You did like a pseudo. I roll, I think. Or I cries, did not yarn. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't
2: know which is more offensive. No,
1: don't <laughs> find it. We're recording at 841 PM and that's about bedtime and all is well.
2: Uh, but I, it's a, it's a sweet monologue. I think it is you know, good.
1: And it also r- reminds us that their relationship is rooted in friendship. So for all the people out there that are clamoring for Mulder and Scully to get together, it's not about that. And I think that it's important to like, remind the audience that their friendship is more important
2: yeah i think you know spencer said that basically this from a like a shipping perspective kind of hit the reset button after a lot of stuff they were doing in seasons five and six i could see that to a certain extent but again i could see people read that last sort of monologue to say okay maybe not now but maybe that yes, which will get exactly one day and you know Mulder and scully will get together so Daryl, meanwhile, is now going to storm into the reunion. He's missing a leg because basically his uh, his secretary walked out with the leg.
1: She walked out with the leg, and she took his good leg. So he he's on crutches.
2: Yeah, because basically he's like I'm financially ruined now. Yes,
1: he, Well, a bunch of people are suing him because he basically promised them rain for an enormous amount of money, and now they did it once, but he it's expected that he'll continue to do it, and now he can't. So
2: now Daryl is once again going to try to attack people. Now, well, even he's going to so. try to get
1: back with Sheila again. Yeah,
2: because he's swinging his crutch around, falling all over the place. I really enjoy when him and Mulder
1: are fighting. I, I, think it's I very it's funny. One of the
2: highlights of the episode, in my opinion, because Mulder's
1: just, like just not even moving, and he's this guys, barely is, like, making an effort.
2: Exactly. Like it's it's not a, a serious fight whatsoever. Totally. And so Sheila finally realized. It's like watching
1: our dog like play or fight with a like a big dog. It's yeah. it's always so funny. She's jumping she's around.
2: And the dog's just standing there, standing like, there. They. I'm, no interest. I'm not going to waste energy. <laughs> yeah. But Sheila plants one on Holman, and the rain finally stops. It, yeah. it finally happened. Well,
1: that's after he says he finishes what he was saying earlier. He says, you know how earlier I said I love you? What I meant was I'm in love with you. And she then is like then oh, she kisses him. Oh, I get it. Yes, and she, she kisses him. I did him not and, suspect. I did not suspect. I don't know why it's so funny to me. So,
2: yeah, the, the rain stops. Everyone applauds. And we get the old school version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yes. uh, As it's a lovey-dovey thing. Uh, Daryl's secretary goes back to him. I know it's a Yeah, she brings but her then, legs in. But
1: I, I do not like them kissing. No, he seems much older than she is. And, and much, it's like, weird.
2: seedier. And, I guess, and plus he's all
1: wet from the rain, he looks really greasy. So,
2: like, to each their own, but yeah, I'm, it's not a couple I'm necessarily supporting. But it seems like love is just in the air.
1: Yeah, so everyone's kissing, and everyone's, like, just feeling the vibes. And- feeling
2: the vibes, there's something in the air. And Holman, you basically hints to Mulder, like... You should well, try yeah, it. Yeah, like, it worked for me, it could work for you. Why don't you tell Agent Scully that you love her? And everyone's like, yeah, so do it! <laughs> that's, the, that's my impression of the X-Files. On good. It.
1: Great. Yeah, come on! No, no, not in a standoff
2: episode like this. But we end one year later where we find out that, you know, they have a baby together, it's happily ever after, and the weather in Kroner has been idyllic ever since because Holman has not been unhappy.
1: Yeah, rainbows and birds chirping and just total CGI background. <laughs> yeah, it's a little CGI, but I think it's a very it's cute, though. sweet ending. This is a really fun episode. Yeah, and then I, uh, she is sitting there with a the baby and she says like, oh, you're going to be a chip off the old block, meaning like she also has the weather ability or something.
2: That'd be interesting, just raising an entire generation of weather controlling people. Weather babies. <laughs> Sounds like a bad cartoon series. Yeah. But yeah, I I really like these two. I think they were funny yeah, in their cute. different ways. How the Ghost Still Christmas was a little darker and I think more introspective into Mulder and Scully's yeah. characters. It is interesting though. I feel like both episodes kind of like lampshaded slash underlined mm-hmm. the main two characters. Yeah. The the, the kind of bodily in yeah, a way. How the ghost of Christmas is more about like their foibles and insecurities and the Rain King was specifically talking about their romantic relationship or lack thereof.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: So, let's talk some spooks. Who are you spooking on with these two episodes?
1: Um, probably gonna spook on, um... I don't know, I guess Ed Asner is probably the spookier of the two. I mean, me I
2: guess we, we could give it to both. Ghosts.
1: Yeah, both of the ghosts, and then, um, I would say The ranking.
2: You're gonna say The I'm gonna say Holman first. <laughs> yeah,
1: rainy. he's kind of doofy. Because he yeah, he's
2: really doofy, and he's sort of spooky in that work of, like, the unhinged yeah. man, you know, that can control all the weather. But these were two... Really fun episodes. Again, Season 6 continues to be, like, super light, super easy, uh, and I've been really having a great time with just, like, the wide swath of stories they have been telling in Season 6. Yeah. And we're gonna continue with that, though it seems like we're gonna get back, finally, into some ARC episodes. Next week, we are covering Season 6 Episodes 11 and 12, Two Fathers, One Son.
1: Yeah. So, so, fans out there will notice we are skipping some stuff. There's an episode, um, that is technically an arc episode that we're skipping, which is about Skinner. He gets poisoned. They have to figure out who poisoned him. It's, it's a whole thing. (laughs) Um, and then there's an episode that's right after that that is, is one of my, one of my top episodes, but I don't think it's like worth watching, but it's like this weird episode where this guy takes photos of people right, um, before they die because he know it's like this whole it's weird but that's,
2: well that's weird
1: yeah so basically he arrives in time just to see victims die and he uses he's like a crime scene photographer and it's like very strange and he captures scully and it's all this thing so it's like there are episodes in there that we're going to be skipping but i think that that's fine they're not like you know need essentials. to essentials anything, but yeah.
2: anything you can talk to me about two fathers, one son, which I'm assuming is about some sort of, I don't know, like, test tube baby?
1: Uh, well, I'm gonna say Cassandra Spencer's bar. Oh. Spender. Oh, Cassandra's, oh, the Spender family reunion! Mm-hmm.
2: Ooh, that'll be interesting when he runs the cigarette smoking Yeah,
1: bed. it's all about that conspiracy. It's all coming back.
2: Okay, well, let's get studied up on all things Cassandra Spender, as she makes a return here in Two Fathers and One Son. Uh, so, of course, if you w- want to send us your thoughts about the X-Files, you know what to do. Bloom files a poster. Recaps.com, x files at tweet us at Ange Pelagi, at a mike bloom type at show recaps. We're gonna be back next week covering two fathers and one son with two podcasters who have one son. Very much looking forward to it. <laughs> Special thanks to Corey B for our theme song. We'll be back next week. Until then, case closed.